Welcome to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Come dive into today's episode sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I am your host, Patty Catter. Thank you, everybody, for joining in today. We have a special treat. We have a peri- it's a para-Olympian bobsledder, right? Yes, ma'am. That's a mouthful. And Will, I am so happy to have you on the show. Um, you guys, I had the pleasure of meeting Will a few years ago, and he kind of became like family because we're all part of the Building Homes for Heroes team, and I can tell you about that later. We won't go into huge detail, but that's where I met Bill. And um, Bill has been just a joy to know. And it's kind of funny, when you first meet Bill, he doesn't talk a lot about himself. I keep calling him Bill. Will? Bill? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I can't pronounce his legal name, right? Can you say Um, it for us? uh, It's Guillermo Castillo. It's a mouthful, yeah. Yeah, it is. Especially, like, this gringo can't speak Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, well, thank you for being on the show today. Um, if you could go ahead and tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and just a touch on your childhood a little bit, that would be great. Sure. Um, I was actually born in Colombia, South America. Uh, my mother married an uh, Army veteran, and I uh, came to the United States, to New York. I lived in Queens, New York since I was three, all the way up to... 18 or 19, right when September 11th happened. Um, And that's sort of where I decided to uh, join the military. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. I didn't know you were an army brat. Uh, Well, um, she married him, um, but he passed away before I... Oh. He's not my my father, no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so yeah, so that's how I I came into the country. That was my uh, mm-hmm. uh, my introduction to uh, sort of how the military is, and and being in New York is such a melting pan. And and uh, then after nine eleven, that really touched home for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. that's where I decided to join and actually try to make a difference. Or mm-hmm. I'm actually yeah. glad that you brought up nine eleven because this show comes out on nine eleven. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to tell you that because I thought it was coming out in a few weeks, but because of 9-11, I wanted to bump this show up because it just seemed like it, it would be a better fit. Um, now, so when you were growing up, um, is it something that you wanted to do was just to join the military or how did you really wrap your brain about, you know, around that? Um, well, the military has always been an option, um. You know, as growing up as a kid in New York, everybody wants to be a soldier, everybody wants to be a Marine, everybody wants to be this kind of stuff. But when 9-11 happened, um, I sort of, I had two daughters and, and I sort of made the choice, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, to try to do something um, that they would be proud of, hmm. you know. How, and, how old were you about? I mean, because it doesn't seem like you're old enough to have had kids on 9-11. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I started really young. I was about 19. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already had two kids, yes. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So when you joined the military, what was the atmosphere like in boot camp? Would you say, did you like it right away? Or were you like some of the guys like, what the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the atmosphere, it was, uh, was pretty tough. It's pretty intense, especially when you leave a, a family behind. It was, it was, it was really hard. Um, and then I got thrown into a, a leadership position from the get-go. So I was always getting in trouble because obviously you don't know what you're doing in basic training yet, but if you're a leader, you got to try to make it. So it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. But um, now that I look back at it, it's unforgettable memories and um, it's just an amazing time of my life. So I won't forget the first time I met you. You'll probably forget the first time I met me or you met me, but, but um, I, uh, I have a good memory. And the first time I met you, I just remember talking to you. You were super funny. Oh my goodness. But um, I remember standing there and somebody had mentioned that you had lost a leg and I hadn't even noticed at that point. Like we're just talking and you had on shorts. I had no idea. Like it just went over my head because I was just so, um, so overwhelmed at you, your personality basically. Um, so I don't really know the story of how you lost your leg other than it was in combat. It was a combat situation. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about, um, obviously you were deployed. Could you tell us where you were deployed and, uh, kind of a little bit about your situation there? Uh, it was my second deployment, 2007. Uh, we were picked up as QRF, Quick Response Force. Um, we are in Fallujah, Iraq. Some Marines got injured. Helicopter needed to land. They called us in to sort of clear the area. Uh, we did what we have to do. And as soon as we were leaving, an IED detonated underneath my truck. Um, unfortunately, it killed my driver and gunner. Uh, specialist Tamez and Private uh, Kirkpatrick. Mm -hmm. uh, and I lost my leg above the knee, um, some TBI um, and other injuries, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. a rundown of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of veterans who've been wounded in war, they really have an extra hard time at transition. How was the transition for you? How I mean, that definitely could not have been um, something easy and, and it's not something you'll ever really truly get over all the way, but could you tell our listeners a little bit about that transition? Uh, the transition was, was very difficult. At Walter Reed, you're surrounded by um, everybody who is sort of uh, trying to get you better. So they cater to you and, and they're always there for you. You have a team of people just following you around, making sure you're getting better. So when you leave that environment into the real world environment, um, it, it became really difficult because I realized um, quickly how, how um, I missed the camaraderie, I missed the veterans, the people around me. Um, the nightmares started, depression. Um, I, I had a really good job. I was working with Homeland Security. Um, I already had set all up that from, from Walter Reed. So when I moved out here to Orlando, Florida, um, you know, in my mind, I was ready to go. I was still 27. I was still very young. Um, and it, it really hit hard, um, depression, uh, suicide, all, all type of things happened um, because I wasn't prepared. I was prepared physically. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't going to let the leg stop me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I was not prepared mentally for the aftermath of what's mm -hmm. left. So. And when I first met you, you were you were single, right? I think. I was or at divorced. Least we did. Yeah. 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 So I remember a conversation sort of where you were just like, I, I don't think I'm going to settle down <laughs> kind of. Um, and then the next year we had seen you at a team building event. You had a wife, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed yeah. like it was pretty quickly anyway. Yeah. So I was really happy for you about that. I've met your wife and she's phenomenal. Um, I, I love your little family, have the sweetest family. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about now you're on a bobsledding team. How in the heck does that happen, especially in Orlando? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, see, uh, as I started to meet my wife, Lucia, she's a physical therapist in Colombia, and I wasn't using my leg. I needed a surgery and I, I just wasn't in the best place. And she was like, well, you gotta go get the surgery. You know, we're just starting off as, as friends. And, and I decided to go to Walter Reed to get the surgery uh, with Lito Santos. I don't know if you know him, he's a hip disorder tech. Mm -hmm. uh, so me and him went down and, and I got the surgery and there was a, a, a camp there and I said, hey, veterans to try out for uh, winter games or winter stuff. So we signed up and we started, you know, going to this camp and uh, I, started doing, I started doing pretty well at the camp and Team USA sort of, this is in uh, Lake Placid, New York that we trained. Team USA sort of paid attention to me and uh, I tried out for the team the first time. I came in as an alternate. Uh, somebody couldn't race, so they put me in and I did pretty well. And the next year I tried out for the team and I, I won nationals, so I get to lead the team last year and I won nationals again this year and I'll lead them again next year. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. So to me, that's just really amazing. I mean, um, first of all, I'm sure you never planned on being in the Olympics, any kind of Olympics. <laughs> no, no. And every time I see footage of you, it blows me away. Yeah. Uh, is there a way that people can track kind of how you're doing on the bobsled team and um, do you have some social media that people can look at or um, you are pretty quiet and you're very humble. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I need to get better at that. Mm -hmm. You know, social media is not one of my strong points. I do. I, I like to uh, do my stuff and, and, and just keep it quiet. But I understand now that social media is a big part. So I do. I have a sports page on Facebook. And I have a friend of yours helping me with the sports logo. I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I will give you that information as soon as we see it passes it to me. Yes. But yeah, yeah, you can definitely track me there. We're, you know, we're, we're about to get voted into the Olympics. Hopefully it will be the first time um, Parasport would be uh, precipitating in the Paralympics. Um, right now it's just been a lot of uh, international competition. Mm -hmm. that's so exciting it is it's, it's very exciting a lot of people have worked so hard for years to make this happen mm -hmm. I've just been very fortunate to to sort of come at the time where everything is sort of falling together mm -hmm. I love it you know I think that the importance of your social media would be that you could reach other people who really need that encouragement um, I've met many, many, many amputees over the years and even kids who are maybe going through something and you're just such a terrific role model. And 
I've seen you interact with kids at our events and I'm just so, I always get so happy when I watch you with the kids because you're so good with them and you're so fun. And um, I just think that social media would be great for other people. I don't often tell somebody that their social media would be great for other people, um, but I definitely believe that you are a fantastic role model. And in my eyes, you're definitely a superhero. I'd rather watch you than Spider-Man on the screen. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, I would love um, to share your social media. So once it's out, um, I'm gonna definitely make sure that everybody who listens to my show and who watches it knows about where they can find your social media and where they can follow you, especially leading up to the Olympics. Now, um, I had asked you like, when do you train? And you're like, you're pretty much training all the time, right? Yeah, well, during the off season, which is from March to let's say late September, um, it's pretty much staying in shape, uh, watching video, working on your core, um, because it's it's when you're really on the ice, you're at a, you're on the ice for a minute at a time. That's how long the race is. I mean, mm -hmm. you know. So you you, in reality, I've been on the ice maybe a few hours in my whole career because it's just one minute at a time, and that's it. It's over. So you have to correct what you have to correct in your training up to the race. And I mean, we're talking about milliseconds, you know. Um, so the rest of the time in off season, it's just watching video, staying mentally fit. And then you go to Lake Placid. That's my home, uh, my home, uh, my home court, I guess you would call it. Mm -hmm. And um, you just practice on the ice, but every track is different. Every curve is different weather conditions change. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's mm -hmm. super exciting. Yeah. I was just thinking that must be really exhilarating. What it was it like the first time you ever tried getting into a bobsled? Like how was that? Were you scared or was it? I was terrified. Um, I started off as skeleton, which is where you lay with no, nothing around you. You just lay on this thing <laughs> that's going to take you down the thing. And uh, I was pretty big back then. I was wearing about 250. So the walls were unforgiving and uh, it was terrifying. I was just getting, I was hurt, but I didn't want to give up on it. And then my coach is like, well, why don't you get into a bobsled? You know, why don't you give your body a break? And I did. And I just connected with it. Um, it's just chaotic driving. And <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And uh, I haven't stopped since. That's so cool. What would you tell somebody who would be interested in trying a bobsled? Oh, um, just Google, just Google it, go, Google Lake Placid. They have rides, they have where uh, a pro pilot will take you on. They oh, also wow. have youth programs. I mean, yeah. the Olympic Center is always looking for the future. And the only way we're going to get better is by competing against better people. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it works. So we're always looking um, for, for anybody who wants to try it, uh, especially veterans, because there's, there's a lot of VA grants out there to get the camps because it's very expensive mm -hmm. i mean you have to you have to fundraise for yourself um you are on team usa but we don't get any money from team usa mm -hmm. we just get um the licenses and stuff to practice and let them know but a season can cost you anywhere from 25 to 30 grand mm -hmm. wow also, so are you constantly looking for sponsors or how does that work absolutely um mm -hmm. i'm constantly looking for sponsors that's why I'm starting to build my social media thing because uh, mm -hmm. 
The first year, I, I went straight to Building Homes for Heroes, and you know how they are. Yeah. They were like, well, whatever you need, we got you. Mm-hmm. They just wrote that check, and I was able to experience it. Last year, I did get a couple sponsors, um, but it's still real close. It came out of pocket some. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a constant, constant look for that one sponsor that's just like, going to carry us to the Olympics because you guys, you got to maintain your, your top three in the nation for mm-hmm. until 2026. You know, it does no good to be top three now. And then three years from now, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get picked. So mm-hmm. the point is to stay top, top three all the way up to the Olympics and, and represent. Wow. So once you have the website, then people will know how to sponsor you. And Absolutely. Until, until then, if you're watching and you're interested in sponsoring Will, then please um, get a hold of me and I'll connect you with him. So. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so looking back at all that you've been through and um, just all of the trials that you've been through, what would you say is one of the hardest things, like the number one hardest thing that you went through and overcame how did you overcome that uh the hardest thing i had to do to get better was to forgive myself um being an nco you're, you're in charge of your man and being the only survivor in your man passed away that's just it's been my biggest injury and it still is mm-hmm. uh, the mothers were very very uh obsessive and and, and and uh, loving so it, the forgiveness was there i just couldn't forgive myself um until i uh i, f- I found my wife and um, my kids and my life started to 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 really improve and i was still was sad and i couldn't figure out why and therapy at the va dr Mann is an incredible person um she sort of guided me throughout these years and until i finally forgave myself and and realize it was out of my control. Um, and I am here and I'm blessed and I need to try to not only set an example, but enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we, you know, you see us on, on social media and you see we're always trying to be an example or, or prove that, you know, we, there's more to us and we can continue. But to really enjoy life again, that takes a lot. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of forgiveness and a lot of... Uh, Therapy for me, uh, the sports really gave me another chapter to life. My wife, my daughters. Um, so yeah, that was the critical point in my life that started turning. Mm-hmm. I once talked to a gold star mom, and she had the best thing that helped um, Ken and um, even myself through different losses that I've had that weren't connected to the military. But she said we can all be a living legacy. And we can you like be better people, and we can do amazing things. And that her son would not have wanted anybody to be sad or depressed or um, suicidal, and um, they would want us to, you know, be great people and have amazing families. And so that's kind of what we've focused on: is just being a good living legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny you say that. I have uh, this friend of mine, Rick. He's on the, I don't know if you see a picture of him. He's on the bobsled team. And, you know, he's, he's been reaching out to me lately. He said, well, you know, I, I, cause he, he has a pretty good platform in Atlanta too. And mm-hmm. he wants to, he wants to do something better. He wants to say, 
uh, we're not sure how we're going to do it, but just have a conversation. And uh, he's African American, and, and and we have African Americans, we have uh, white Americans, we have Spanish Americans, we have Indian American in our team. So we're really a diverse group, and God, we just want to sit and and sort of have a conversation and and. and just show the people that of the world that we could still conversate and and even if we're not voting for the same person, we still have a dialogue and and just be friends and and it's really been on his heart. He keeps calling me. He's like, "Well, I got to do something more, man. I got I can't just sit here and and watch all this." So it's funny how you say that. It is a living legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people with uh, that suffered something big are always trying to sort of pay their dues when they survive, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think if we have any kind of platform, it's our responsibility to sort of try to change what we're seeing with all this hatred going on. and Just more hugs, man, more love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about 9-11, and I remember when 9-11 happened and our country came together and we were so strong. Oh. And I hope that someday we're going to start getting back to that. We always do as America, um, you know, has gone through the years. We've been through a lot of stuff, Um, but it's people like you and your team um, that are working together to make the world so much better. And our watchers and listeners out there, um, all of them want, you know, positive stories. They want to help other people. They're learning to overcome their obstacles. And um, you think about 9-11 and how that impacted our country. And then you think about all the crazy stuff going on right now. But there's still really amazing people out there who want to bring the country together and who are working on that. So, Will, when you guys do figure out the platform that you're going to use, or if you need any help with that, let me know. And I can kind of maybe have some ideas for you and guide you through the process a little bit. Thank you so much. Yeah. um, I would love that. Like I said, we do need more positive and we need more platforms to, to sort of share all the great stories that are out there. It just seems that every negative story out there has tons of platforms to be shared in and not enough of this great stuff. There's definitely more good than bad out there. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on my show. I'm so happy to have gotten to know you even better. I love it when I interview friends because just when you think you know everything about someone, then they surprise you during the interview. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited for you and congratulations on this. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. It's really, I've been watching your interviews for a little bit and I was really honored when you asked me, so... I Thank hope I, I did well. I'm sorry if I'm a little boring sometimes. It's you a are early. not boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for this. And uh, if there's any way I could ever help you or, or, or any way we could sort of get together and do something positive, we're all for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you know what your website um, URL oh, is going to be? Uh, I have the Facebook mm-hmm. uh, website and I do not have a URL yet. Okay. I am working on it. That's another thing that Alicia hopefully is going to be helping me with. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I will give you my uh, Facebook thing. Give me a second. Here. I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. We can even do it after. I'll just make sure that my editors pop it on the video. And I know I kind of caught you off guard there. And in our show notes to everybody who is listening, um, whatever podcast platform you're on, you can read the notes and we'll have the link in there. And like I said, if you'd like to connect with Will in the meantime, I would be happy to connect you. 
Um, yeah, I I have it right here. It's uh, Will Will Castillo USA para bobsled. You figured I, you figured I would know that, right? That's just my name <laughs> and what I do. But yeah, Will Castillo USA para bobsled. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And again, thank you for being on the show and everybody um, definitely check out Will and when can we watch you in the Olympics or how can we do that? Okay, we do stream on the, uh, we do have streaming. My first competition was scheduled for Norway. We're not sure. It's coming up in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have world championships in Lake Placid, Switzerland, Germany, hopefully France. And then uh, we're pushing for 2026 is when the official uh, first time that Parabox will be hopefully inducted into. So, yeah. But we're competing awesome. for the next next four years, next five years internationally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please stay tuned and hopefully we can bring some gold to the United States. Yes, we're going to be cheering you on. I Thank probably you. will Thank interview you one more time before the show. Maybe we'll go live next time. Okay, Roger. All right, awesome. All right, awesome. All right. Everybody take care and go to pattycatter.com for more episodes. And then also don't forget the patrioticmermaid.com is our sponsor and my apparel line. So definitely check that out. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Will, very much. Okay, Bye. bye everybody. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do. Sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. For more information and updates, check out www.pattycatter.com or thepatrioticmermaid.com. Also, make sure to drop us a follow on Instagram at Wake Up with Patty Catter and at the Patriotic Mermaid. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, take care.